Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Holy Ship podcast. We are so excited for you to be tuning in to another episode. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Amanda Amons, who is the host of the Passion Connected podcast. She is a Christian sex educator and counselor in training. Her mission is to empower Christian women to have intimate empowered and personalized sex shame-free. So without further ado, welcome Amanda to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I was so excited when you guys reached out. I was like, this is the perfect, perfect connection. So I was pumped. Wow. We are so excited to have you. And even as we were like talking about potential topics, topic ideas and like our DMs, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. So I'm excited that you could actually come on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, me too. <laughs> ah, to start off, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to start talking on Passion Connected and like why you want to start talking about sex? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so my story is that I actually had a fairly decent raising when it came to my sex life. There was obviously things that could have, you know, gone better. There's conversations that could have been had um and all of that. Like it wasn't perfect, but I did a ton of research early on in my own life and realized I was kind of alone in that. And I had all of my friends in college where they were like getting into relationships or getting married and they had no idea about anything. (laughs) And so they would be coming to me like, okay, wait, you know, what is this body part and how do you do this? And what is sex actually like? And how do I bring God into the bedroom? And I just realized that this was like a God-given gift. I loved these conversations. I was made for these conversations. Um, I've got no shame in it. And I love making sure that nobody else feels that shame or anything. And so it went from one-on-one conversations with people at church or at college or just in my life where people referred to me to feeling like this needs to go bigger. Like there's things that need to be said and there are people out there who need this message. And so, yeah, I just decided to make passion connected and it kind of ran from there. Oh, that's so cool. Emma and I, we both had those moments in college. So you would have been the friend that we would have run to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. That is really such a gift to be able to have like a knack for not only having the conversation, but starting the conversation. I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up is just Mm -hmm. starting, you know, and then once once you go from there, it gets a little easier, but that's, that's really cool. So on that note, um, what conversations and topics do you recommend talking about before you get married, like starting off? Oh my goodness. There's so much. (laughs) So Um, are you saying just like, you know, once you're in a relationship or just in general, or that's a good point. Okay. So what, uh, I think first, just in general, and then secondly, before you get married. So what I like to start with is 
honestly, just a basic education first and foremost, like you should not be researching anatomy just because you got in a relationship. You shouldn't be looking into like how your body parts function simply because you're going to be using them with your husband down the road. It should be something that you already know. You're already learning. You're already taking care of yourself in that way. Um, and so before you start, you know, before you get into a relationship, before you get engaged, before you get married, start with the basics, like start with, okay, what is my vulva? What's my vagina? What are all these, these things that I, that are a part of me that I was given God gifted. How should I be using them? How can they glorify him? What does that look like? And then to kind of add on to that is the other side where I love focusing on the different aspects of sexuality and how they connect with like your mental health, Mm -hmm. your emotional health, your spiritual health, and then your physical health. I think those are all four pieces to it that should connect. And so, you know, taking the time to journal out what you think about sex, like mentally, what comes to mind, what, what gets brought up or emotions start processing. What are my emotions? When I think about sexuality, what are my emotions? When I think about men or having sex or being intimate and then connecting in the spiritual aspect and recognizing where, what do I think that God made sex for? What is my personal opinion? What have I been taught? What am I going to accept? Um, and what am I going to throw out? And so there's so much work to be done before you even get into a relationship. And I think sometimes people get triggered once they get into a relationship, like now's Mm. the time let's go. And it's like, no girl, you need to be doing this ahead of time. Like you should be starting now. There's so much good in you to work through and so much history and future. And so, yeah, just taking time to take care of your sexuality before, before anybody else comes in the picture is the first thing. Mm. Um, and then in a relationship, so much, so, so much, because you guys have to work through, you know, when you add two people together, I mean, that is a, a complex process, learning each other, learning what each other's boundaries are, learning each other's histories, their desires. Um, and so really when it comes to that, there's a whole host of questions you should be asking each other. And personally, I really advocate not holding back. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of conversations that need to be had. And I think historically people used to just, um, say like, just wait until you're married and then you guys can, you know, figure it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't really think that's healthy. I think once you start down the path, like if you know that this person is like a potential marriage partner, then start asking those questions because sex is a huge part of your marriage and you don't want to just get married and then realize oh, we haven't worked through any of this. So mm-hmm. I think I can't go into like exactly all the things that yeah. you should address, but just start somewhere and, and get the ball rolling for sure. Uh, I like yeah. how you brought up. There's like so much, there's like good to work through and like working through like past and like the future. I think that's such an important yeah. part. And it kind of reminds me, I don't know. I was listening to a sermon somewhere, but basically they were talking about how like you're not supposed to be like not not you're not not supposed to be this is I'm gonna like bite my tongue on this one basically (laughs) when like we're single and like we're working on ourselves it's not necessarily us like working on ourselves like for a potential like spouse or whatever but like actually being able to like work through those things and like become a better person of who you are and like just being able to like be happy and like 
I'll say like really work on being whole before you add another person in because like you said when you do like bring two people together like that's a lot there's there's a lot there definitely definitely and and you have to bring yourself into each conversation and if you don't know who you are and you haven't worked through those things when your person asks you like okay I'd like to try this sexually what do you think do you have Mm -hmm. an opinion like are you ready for that question because you don't want to get to that point. And a lot of people do where they're like, Oh, I haven't really worked through that. And they just roll with whatever the mm-hmm. other person decides. Cause there's normally a stronger person in a relationship. Um, and somebody who's more like adaptable and, and you want to be bringing your whole self to it because it should be both of you coming together, not just one person deciding what happens in your relationship. Definitely. Uh, I guess kind of going along the like last question, how do you have hard conversations about sex? Yeah. Like how do you, how do you start? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So this kind of came out. This was something I learned really early on in my relationship. And one of the first things I have an episode on passion connected about it. I think it's like episode five or something like that, but, um, I'll give that to you guys, but this was something that my husband and I had to work on really, really fast because both him and I had really interesting sexual histories, a lot of stuff there. And we also are both kind of firecrackers. So (laughs) you bring, you bring up a topic and we both really do have an opinion. Um, and so we had to learn really fast what it looked like to have conversations about sex. And I think a lot of people that I've talked to don't even talk about sex. They just, it just kind of is what it is, which is why a lot of marriages like sex becomes something that's on the back burner, um, because they don't know how to have these conversations. And so the first thing I advocate for is bookending your conversation, starting it with something that is positive and a positive place, um, in a positive area of your home. So like, for example, if my husband and I are going to have a really difficult conversation, we grab a cup of coffee and we go sit at the table, like facing each other, like really personal with things set aside, like we're here for each other. We're going to be super intentional and then bookend the back of the conversation with, um, just knowing that you're going to have something afterwards, whether it's something small or something big that is going to connect you, that you're not going to leave this conversation without like connecting and saying, okay, we're still a team. We're still in this together. That can be a hug. That can be a kiss. That can be go do an activity that you guys love to do together. Um, whatever that looks like, but always just coming in with a game plan, not just like having this conversation. And a lot of people do that. Like something comes up emotionally, like I'm really frustrated with this. Like I'm frustrated with your porn use, or I'm frustrated with whatever. And they just like spring it. And that is not going to go anywhere for anybody. Like nobody, like you're emotional, they're feeling attacked. And so how can you set it up for success and be intentional with the conversation is the first thing for sure. Did you find, did you guys have those conversations as they like came up and then you'd like go sit at the table or did you have like, I'll say like Mm. scheduled time each week where you're like, you know, Saturday mornings, we're just going to like have a time where we're like talking about this. What did that look like for you? Good question. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't really like have a specific time each week. Um, early on, there was a lot of hard conversations. And so it was like really fairly frequent. Um, and then now in our marriage, 
it's more just something that it'll be brought up and like, Hey, can I have this conversation with you tomorrow? Like I have something I'd like to talk about and not doing it to scare them, not being like Mm -hmm. real, you know, like serious or whatever, but more just like, Hey, I would really love some time to talk with you. Can, can we make that happen? Um, or, you know, whatever. And we're fairly flexible with each other. Like if there's a serious topic, it's like, okay, that obviously requires time. Like I don't bring it up when I know that, you know, he has to head off to work because that's not fair. (laughs) Um, but just if I know that he can be available, he's going to do it for me and vice versa. Um, and so we'll be pretty flexible with it normally. Um, yeah, I was curious. I saw one of your Instagram posts about designing a sex life that reflects like who you are. And I was really curious, like what that like looks like. How do you do that? Like in practicality, like, what does that mean? (laughs) I love this so much and I get so excited. So like (laughs) if my voice starts raising, (laughs) that is why, because I get pumped. Okay. So basically my thought process is this, and this is after talking to a bunch of women and then feeling like, like sex is like, they don't know what to make of it. Like it just is what it is. Like they just do the missionary position or they just do whatever their husband wants, or they just, you know, and they just feel like this isn't for me. This isn't working. This isn't how I like it. Like, what do I do? Um, and a lot of times they'll go into it like, oh, I just need to change positions or I just need like more foreplay. And all of those things are true in some aspect, normally like changing things up is good or, you know, whatever else. But what I've come to realize is there's some weird separation in our culture and in our lives where like sex is, I don't know. It's like this separate thing. It's like, I don't know. We integrate all these other areas of our lives, like all these hobbies and these things that we do. And we're like, I love to bake and I love to read and I love to work out. And I love, you know, all these different things and they all normally coexist. And then there's sex. Hmm. And it's like, I don't know why we separate it. It's like the door closes and it's like, it's its own thing. So I really love helping women figure out how can you make it something that's yours? Because I truly believe God made every single woman. So, so I'm getting goosebumps, but so intricate and so unique and so amazing. And why is her sex life only supposed to imitate whatever she thinks it's supposed to like be because Mm -hmm. the media told her that, or because it's what her husband says, or because it's what she's experienced in her past. Like, how can you bring something into it that is completely yours? Be that the music you like to listen to during it, the the types of interactions that you have with your person. Are you outgoing? Are you shy? Where where do you like to have sex? It doesn't always have to be in the bed. (laughs) Like, you like to bake? Go put on an apron, get naked, go get on the counter. Like, (laughs) do something that shows your personality in it because whatever the media put in your mind of this is how sex has to be, I guarantee you is not the way that God originally intended it. He intended it to be as unique as you are as a person. And so it takes a lot of work because you normally have to like throw things out of your mind of what sex is supposed to look like, Mm -hmm. what you've been told and what you've been taught. 
but then taking a moment to just write down, like, I am this, you know, like my husband, super freaking athletic, like weirdly. So, and so like, how does that, how does that get into his, his sex life? What does that look like? Like me, I have certain body parts of mine that I love that are unique to me. And I like integrating those body parts more into sex than I think somebody else might, because I've taken the time to think through who I am. What does sex look like for me beyond what anybody else has to say? So, yeah, that's really- so awesome. Sorry, go ahead, Lydia, no. and then I'll ask my question. Oh, I was just going to say, I keep like plugging him in all of our episodes that we do recently, but I don't know if you're going to do it again. <laughs> oh my gosh, you talked with Dan Purcell from Get Your Marriage yeah. On, but I like, I feel like he has like a very practical example of this because he like was into like software, is it development or engineering? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And like he created this app and like all these games and stuff. And he was like, I feel like that's like, just like a tangible example that comes to mind when you're talking. But. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I love his stuff. <laughs> it is. It's so great. I'm wondering how do you like, is that usually how you approach Christian couples when it comes to designing your sex life? Cause I feel like maybe this is just my own experience, but non-Christian couples or women have a much easier time of designing their own sex life, you know, Mm -hmm. being atheists or, or not being a part of the church at all in their upbringing. Um, is that kind of how you approach like Christian women or couples, um, when it comes to designing their sex life or does it take a little bit more, I, I don't know, like specific, um, mentorship. Like, what does that look like exactly? So so it has to be deconstructed first, for sure, because most Christian women have so much blockage mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where there's just too much in the way for them to even fathom that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so normally, like, I have to take it back. And, And like I said, you know, towards the beginning, like, just working with the basics first, like, I have been blown away by how many Christian women have no idea about their body parts. have never looked at them. I I literally have nothing, you know, no frame of reference. Um, and then you add on top of that, all the shame that was put in their life and all of the confusion that was there. And the fact that sex is not taught in the church, um, you know, just a lot that has happened. And then you add on top of that, a lot of women being abused, like there's just so much there. And so a lot of that normally has to be kind of worked out. You've got to get all the gunk out first, then learn the basics and then start working through, you know, the future aspect of yourself. Like, who are you? Who do you want to be? Where are you going? What are your goals in life? Um, and really get clear on that. And so, I don't really get to that part until like, yeah, there's been either some private coaching or they've gone through my course or things like that. And, or for some women, I just say like, you probably, and that's me being a future counselor, (laughs) but you probably need to go get some counseling first and like get some of that junk out. And then we can figure out who were you made to be like, what are your beautiful qualities and how can we add that to sex? Definitely. I think Lydia and I would both agree on that. We constantly preach therapy, not like therapy is for everyone, but, (laughs) but just like having, um, you know, even if it's not a therapist or a counselor, having someone you can talk to and kind of work through 
any sort of trauma or deconstruction that you need to do with someone else is just so yeah. beneficial. We talk about that a yeah. lot. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Everyone needs counseling, whether, yes. you know, a lot of people think counseling is just for like, if you have problems, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to have problems to have counseling. You really don't. Yeah. Like, how beneficial is it to just have somebody who's just willing to completely listen to you work through stuff? I mean, we mm-hmm. hardly have that in life. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, when I first started going to counseling, it was because of a traumatic event, but then like afterwards, we just like started talking about like life and stuff. And I was like, oh wow there's like a lot like I like just like having a sounding board is really helpful yes. to like work yeah. through life in general what do you um recommend to couples like engaged couples who are about to get married or like just recently married couples like conversations that they need to have like do they need to start at the basics like before marriage or like what if they've gotten marriage and they haven't really had some of these conversations? Um, where do you think they should start? Yeah, there's a lot that sort of goes into it. So I'm going to kind of advocate for my course first (laughs) because it covers everything there, but my, my passionate beginnings course is exactly that it's for engaged and newly married women, um, to help them learn how to please be pleased to bring God into the bedroom and all of that. And so, um, I cover all of that stuff in there, but you know, for the purposes of here, I would say start first with your own self. So like learn anatomy, learn Mm -hmm. what God has to say about sex, like learn your beliefs and get those things sort of figured out. But then I really, truly think that you need to come together and talk about these things before you get married. Um, if you can now, if you're already married, like go back, have these conversations, like no harm, no foul, you're okay. Um, but if you're that person who is about to get married, don't, I, I was handed a book when I was engaged that somebody told me to read the week of my wedding or on the honeymoon. And I was like, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to learn all this stuff and then not have time to have this conversation mm-hmm. with my hubby or to be hubby, like, and have all these things that we have to work through. And so I went ahead and it depends on where the couples are. So like for my husband, Kyleb, he was not ready to read some of the stuff that I was ready to read because he had to do some personal work, but he was like, if there's something we need to talk through, just bring it to me and we can have that conversation. So I kind of took the spearhead of that and was like, okay, let's do this. But you need to talk about what are your beliefs on birth control, you know, cause you're probably going to have different opinions. <laughs> I said birth control yeah. to Kyleb and he was like, uh, I don't know. Like, um, did God make us with birth controls? Like, why are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> it's like, okay. You know, so working back through that or having conversations about what do you think it looks like frequency wise, like what is in your head? Because Otherwise you're going to get to that first year of marriage and you're going to be like, oh, you thought we were having sex every night. And I thought once a week, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you have to work through it from there. And if you can do some of that work ahead of time, then when you get to that point, you can say, this is what we we originally discussed. Do we need to rework it? How's this Mm -hmm. looking for you? And it's a whole lot smoother process. Mm -hmm. So obviously don't talk about anything that you're not ready to talk about. And like, if you feel some things in yourself that you're like, you know, I have a history here, I'm not okay with, 
um, you know, just advocate for that. But otherwise, I really feel like nothing's off the table. Like if you're going to come together and you're going to have sex with this person, the conversations should not be off the table because I promise you sex is more intimate than that conversation. And you need to start working on being a team. (laughs) So, yeah. Great point. (laughs) You talked about how like to bring God into that. What, like, how do you do that? Yeah. yeah, Like into the conversations or in the bedroom. Well, I guess both. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I I remember you, you were talking about a little bit earlier, um, about like how, what your sex life looks like physically, mentally, emotionally, and then Mm -hmm. spiritually. I I think that's kind of, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. What do you mean by how would it look spiritually? Yeah. Okay. So the, the, what I start with and is kind of like the end goal is to have a healthy perspective when you actually imagine God in the room with you. And if you can't do that, then like, there's something that we need to backtrack to. Um, and so even, you know, (laughs) this is going to sound, this is a weird story, but it's going to be really good because I know people (laughs) relate with it and are like, okay, this is all right. So when I was in college and I was doing some work myself and just working through my sexuality and figuring things out, I was getting dressed one time and I actually just stood there in front of the mirror and I pictured Jesus standing right next to me, talking to me about my body and telling me what he thought was beautiful and what he made and what he made it for. And I've told some people and they're like, you just pictured God looking at you naked. Like, I was like, yes, I did. But also he made me, and this is the -hmm. intimate relationship that I have with him. And there's nothing Mm -hmm. off limits with God. And if I limit myself to this fear of, I have to be put together before I'm with him, like something's off. And so starting there and just working through your image of your, your thought process of what you think God made sex for and what he made you for. Um, and I think going back to scripture and working through what God says about sex and taking time to, you know, figure out your own opinion and learn from good resources. Um, and then when you bring it together, there's a whole lot of practical things that you can do together, like having God in the bedroom, like mentally, and like talking about that with your spouse or putting on worship music, or my husband and I have not like every time, but several times beforehand, we just will like pray and just take a moment to thank God and ask for pleasure and ask for intimacy and ask for love together. Um, and so it doesn't have to be something like super complicated, whatever it looks like in your relationship with him, whether that's journaling about sex with him, praying, researching, talking to him, um, and then, you know, bringing it together as a couple, both of you putting in that effort and that work. So that's normally a good starting place is just what do I think of God in the bedroom? Because normally something comes up. (laughs) Yeah. I genuinely have never thought about it that way. Have you Lydia? No. Like, but now I'm like, I literally like, as soon as she said that I was like thinking through everything, I'm like, Oh wait. (laughs) Right. Whatever. I was like, I can imagine Jesus watching me do that, but I think, (laughs) well, yeah, well, that's just, you can kind of hear like the shame even in my, my thoughts and, and yeah. speech, because kind of to your credit that you were talking about earlier 
about sex not being a holistic part of, of our lives, like specifically women's, like it's put in the bedroom where like, if you start thinking about it, even in the spiritual aspect and incorporating God into inviting him into that space, you've already integrated that into your life and haven't pushed it to a corner and like mentally blocked out everything else. I think that's, that's so smart and important. And I genuinely have never thought about it that way. <laughs> All right. So I wanted yeah, to say that because I was a little like, whoa. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, it's so good. And this is why we talk and this is why we connect with people because we learn right. and we grow. It's so, so good. And especially for guys. And this is something that like happens a lot with Christian men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you have your guy and like, he's dealing with this, it's a thing. Um, but the orgasm letdown of shame. So like, they mm-hmm. may not feel like there's a whole lot of shame during the act or initiating the act, but then they orgasm and it's like, bam, I did something wrong. And they, and they feel that way. And so for Kyla and I, he dealt with that for a while. And so we started just picturing God having a party. <laughs> And we're like, God is like cheering us on. Like he's got his, you know, his foam finger and he's like, yes, yes. I'm so happy for you. This is what I made it for. This is good. This is where it's at. Like, this is what I purposed you for. There is nothing in here that I'm looking at and saying you're wrong. I'm thinking, yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. I'm pumped for you. Where else would I have you do it? I want it here. This is awesome. So we, yeah. uh, yeah. Little Jesus party. <laughs> Do you experience that a lot with, um, men like feeling that way in marriage? Because in my experience or my dating history, the, the shame, and I guess just reluctance to even talk about it from men is just beyond me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how we let it get to this point, but something like that I've even had reactions of of men feeling like that was silly or and it's just that deep deep guilt that they that they feel do you experience that a lot yes so there's kind of a chemical reason for this um so as you start building up um all of your hormones and getting Mm -hmm. ready for sex and getting turned on it really truly is a drug, which is a beautiful thing because it's meant for us to want each other and to build these things and build these connections, have oxytocin that we share, um, and, and make these connections. So the problem with that though, is a lot of times there will be this buildup of dopamine and then the orgasm hits and wham, we're hit with serotonin. And it's like this huge downward, you know, physical feeling of relaxing and all of that. And what happens with a lot of guys early on, whether they watch, have watched porn or they've masturbated and they felt like it's not okay. Um, or they just feel like shame, like their parents have like made it seem like, you know, the orgasms are a bad thing, whatever it is that they're not thinking through that as they're getting the dopamine hits. They're not thinking through that as they're getting turned on but they start getting a clear head the moment there's that release. And then they're like, Whoa, what I do? Oh my goodness. Like, I don't, I don't feel the way I felt before. So this must be bad. Um, and so they associate it too much. And the problem is then they get into marriage 
and they just, they've had that stacked up so much. And then they expect themselves to all of a sudden just be okay. Like, you're not just going to be okay. Just because you put a ring on it. Like you've got to work through that. And it's going to take years. If you've got five years of, of this feeling of shame stacked up every time you release, it's going to be 10 years before you probably get to the point where you're truly feeling okay. So give yourself grace. It's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to have feelings. It's okay to feel like I don't know how to handle this right now. Um, but also take steps to actively change that because you obviously don't want the shame to stick there. You don't want to feel that way. Um, but if you do, you're not alone. You're okay. Like, yes, you have had wrong messages given to you and, and we can change that. And we're trying to change that. So, yeah. And that's the last question we like to ask everyone, but do you have any resources you would recommend for, I'll say like either engaged or newlywed people or like even dating people trying to work through this? And I know you mentioned your course earlier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So my, obviously my podcast passion connected has a ton on there. Um, if you scroll back through the episodes, I love, I love my podcast. So I, I put a lot of effort into that. Um, I have a design your sex life, little mini like workbook that kind of helps you get the ball rolling in what we talked about, about like, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, getting those things aligned, getting that all worked out. And then I have a, a honeymoon packing list <laughs> that I love that I feel like is so important for people who are engaged about to head on their honeymoon. Like you need to bring more than you think you do. <laughs> so <laughs> So I will give you guys the links to that. And then yes, my course is my baby. So if you are one of those people who is jumping into sex and you just don't even know where to begin, that's it. It's right there for you. It's got everything you need for engaged and especially the first year for sure. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast and um, where can people find you at? Yeah. I love connecting on Instagram is my main area. I love chatting there. That's my community. That's my people. So you can find me, uh, Amanda Ammons with an underscore at the end. Perfect. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can either DM us or email us at theholyship.podcast or at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com.